Holly G with the Golf Insiders with Bob Herrick from ESPN.com. Bob, we're now a month out from the PGA Tour resuming, at least according to this moment in time, the Colonial, or I'm sorry, the Charles Schwab Championship at Colonial, June 11th through the 15th. Do you have any updates on that? Well, so far, they are proceeding as planned, and we are nearing kind of a point where they're going to have to say yay or nay. Um, I don't think they can get a week out or 10 days out and not know. You know, they're, they're going to have to say here probably in the next week or so, yep, we're full steam ahead, and here's how we're going to do it, or nope, we just don't think we, we have enough time to pull this off. And, and, you know, I, I, my gut is telling me they're going to go ahead. Um, I, I, I don't know this for a fact. It, it, it's not official. The tour is not commenting on anything until they have everything nailed down. But, uh, you know, one of their players, uh, Brendan Todd, who actually won twice this season in the fall, was on a conference call with several writers uh, on Tuesday. And, and he sort of outlined the plan that, that they've been told you know, subject to change, but it, it appears they're going to ask the players or, you know, require the players to be self-tested at home before they leave for the event. They'll be tested on site the first day they get there, and they might be tested again before they tee off. So you're talking about three tests before they even get to the competition, and this wouldn't just be the players, but the caddies, all the tour staff, employees, officials that are there, so they can create a bubble that within the sphere of competition, you can feel reasonably safe that the people you are around do not have the virus. Uh, and then it's going to require a lot of responsibility among everyone to make sure they don't put themselves in a position where they could possibly get it from somebody who doesn't know that they have it. Right? So I think these are the things that they're working through. And in golf, where you don't have a ball that's shared, you don't have to enter, you know, it's not a physically, there's no physical contact like basketball, football, hockey. You do not have to come up in contact with, with, with uh, your opponent or even caddy, frankly. Uh, I think it's doable. I think it's possible to make this work. Is there risk? Sure. Uh, until there's a vaccine, there's going to be risk, uh, you know, for us for the next six, nine months to a year. But if you, can, if you can test and trace, which it looks like the tour is, is prepared to do, then I think they have a chance to pull this off. Now, bringing spectators into the mix, that, that's a whole other issue that, that I think, you know, they've, they've bought some time with that. That's, that's not for the first four events. I'm not sure how that can work at this point. Uh, but, uh, you know, like first things first, can they get back out there playing um, you know, I, I'm reasonably confident that they can. You uh, quote Andy Pazder, the PGA Tour's chief tournament and competitions officer, in your story on ESPN.com yesterday. Quote, we're following very closely through the assistance of our expert medical advisors, the development of more large-scale testing capabilities, more rapid response type tests, whether it's through finger pricks, testing for antibodies, 
And he also mentioned um, the fact that the FDA recently approved use of a saliva-based test. It's and that was, that was Andy speaking a couple of weeks ago when they announced the schedule. Um, you know, they have not commented really publicly since then other than Jay Monahan, commissioner, basically reiterating that, you know, they want there to be mass, you know, mass testing available. But the fact that he said that kind of suggests they know something. You know, I mean, the rapid test obviously is huge if they can get that if that is available, if that's more widely available. I mean, the idea of getting tested and not knowing the results for a week doesn't really help anybody in this case. You know, uh, you know, let's say they all get tested the Friday before Colonial Week and they don't get the test until the next Wednesday. Well, what, what maybe could have happened between Friday and Wednesday? You know, so, so to be able to know immediately that you're clear gives you some sense that, okay, right now, everybody who is on site is negative. And if they're all negative, they're not coming in contact with anybody outside of this bubble who could be positive. So we can go ahead and, 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 and compete and play and not worry about it. Now, when we go to the hotel at night, you know, wear a mask, make sure you don't go out to a restaurant where there's 50 people or even more than 10 stay six feet, away, six feet away from everybody you don't know. And I think there's a reasonable chance. I mean, we've all been doing that now for months, for two months. You know, we've all been trying to live that way whenever we go out. So why can't golfers, caddies, officials, media, who's ever at a golf tournament, why can't they do that when they leave the course? It's, it's, to be honest with you, there's a huge social responsibility at play here for everybody that tries to go back. You've got to have a sense of caring about your fellow man, right? And not doing something to put yourself in danger. Uh, you know, if I'm going to go to the Colonial, I can assure you I am not going to be in the middle of Clearwater Beach a day before I go. You know, it just, it just would be silly. That would be, that would be wrong of me to do that morally, I think. So, um, uh, I think that's what we're looking at here. And, and, it's going to be this way in all walks of life, right? Like, forget about golfers. <clears throat> I find it a little funny if any of them complain about some of the things they might not get to do, like go into a locker room or be able to have the fitness van or maybe not being able to hit balls as much as they want, some of these things that they're going to have to look at. You know, there's going to be a lot of people going back to work who might be working in a restaurant and have to wear a mask, gloves, something over their head, a smock. That isn't going to be fun, you know? to be able to go back to work. So I think we're all going to be looking at going back to work with some inconveniences. And that's just going to be, you know, the cost of, of going back, you know, I, and, and hopefully everybody embraces that. We know uh, the PGA Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan uh, was in close communication with the White House when, um, you know, we were at the players. He expressed that. Uh, before they, you know, decided to shut down, cancel the players and the, you know, PGA Tour schedule moving forward at that point. Uh, I believe also he is in some, Jay is in some way participating on one of the White House's, uh, you know, business uh, committees of some sort. Uh, would that be accurate? And uh, we, we know that the president loves golf. Seems like maybe the tour is, you know, getting some fast track to these tests. 
they're certainly getting some information. I mean, um, and 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 help because, as you noted, President Trump wants sports to resume, and you know, thankfully, the leagues themselves are being very cautious about the idea of coming back and and looking good and doing it the right way. And so I think there's a little bit of give and take there. But I, I have a sense that, you know, they're getting assurances that, you know, the travel ban will be lifted, for example, you know, so that the international players can get back. Or maybe they'll be exempted, you know, in some sort of way. You know, we, there's 25 or 30 guys overseas. Uh, and, and they might not be able to get back. You know, I think that needs that. Uh, in fairness, they need to be able to have access to these tournaments too. You know, so. Uh, but to your point, yeah, I think they're getting some information from the White House that's that's leading them uh, in a positive way to think that they can get back. And uh, I think that's great. You know, uh, uh, and then you know, they're all all the sports leagues seem to be very very cognizant of being as safe as possible. Nobody wants to be the sport that has somebody that tests positive again and, and then runs the risk of spreading it. You know, what happened with the NBA is what shut down everything, you know? And so if, if that happens again, that would, that would be, you know, uh, there'd be some panic that would set in again. And so I don't think that would be good. They all, they're all trying their best to avoid that. Speaking of getting back to their day jobs, we know, you know, there are the top players who have a, a nice cushion, a nice nest egg, uh, you know, that are not being too impacted by this layoff, certainly. Great story about um, Eric Barnes, a corn fairy tour player. We know many of those guys are, you know, journeyman pros trying to get their careers to the next level. And uh, he had to take a third shift job at Publix to um, be able to continue to support his family and uh, be able to still work on his game during the day. It's amazing, isn't it? I mean, that's, that's what we're faced with. You know, these guys who play professional golf only get paid when they perform. And it's really only the top level guys who have endorsement income or big endorsement income. Exactly, and and you wonder even you know farther down how much that you know how is that money even flowing if they're not playing? You know the idea is that they're seen using that equipment or wearing that apparel, and if they're not out there, that you know are they still getting paid? Uh, you know, so then you go down to the Corn Ferry Tour, where basically it's it's not a tour that where you're meant to make a living on. It's meant to prepare you to play on PGA Tour. You're trying to survive out there. You may be trying to make a few bucks and pay your bills, but you're not putting away tons of money. And then when that's taken away from you, now what? You know, there's no income. So, uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw more stories like that. I said, You know, it's the reality today, you know. It is, and I've always said golf is the toughest professional sport to make a living because, you, like you were saying, you still have to go out and make your paycheck. And you have to continue to, you know, be on those leaderboards to keep your sponsors happy. And we've told many stories of, you know, the guys that lose their cards, you know, that fall off the tour. We know there are plenty that are, you know, in over maybe that top 100 that are still trying to piece it all together. 
you know, pros that have to go get part-time jobs. And, uh, you know, that's the reality. Exactly. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, the, the, the big name guys, and maybe even some farther down, you know, they have, they have endorsement deals and they've, you know, they've, they've probably, um, socked away plenty of money to be able to withstand something like this. Uh, you'd like to think they have. And, uh, you know, and, and they also know that there, there's a reasonable chance here that we're going to get back within a month or six weeks and they'll be able to start start making money again. So, uh, but the Corn Ferry guys, those guys, the lower level guys where the purses are not that big and, uh, you know, it's pretty cutthroat. It's, it's, it's hard. And, then, you know, it just trickles down in every way. I mean, we're just talking about golf, obviously, you know, but you got caddies and who aren't getting paid and, you know, you've got, uh, you know, people that work at these golf courses that rely on tips and, you know, it's, um, it, it just, you know, within golf, it's, 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 it's a, it's a mini snapshot into what's going on in the world where, you know, there's just so many aspects that are, that are impacted. Well, we know ESPN has been impacted your mothership, uh, you know, because <laughs> of the lack of sports. But something that's been a bright spot, not only for golf fans, but for fans worldwide, has been the ESPN documentary on Michael Jordan's final season with the Chicago Bulls, The Last Dance. And um, I saw a story that Brooks Kepka told about um, playing a round with Michael Jordan in South Florida. Did, did, you, uh, did you catch that where he was talking about smack-talking? Yeah. Smack-talking... Uh, his airness. Yeah, and Michael came back and beat him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, uh, you know, I think what that series is showing is how incredibly competitive he was and remains, you know, and I think we all probably knew that, but this hammers at home 10 times. You know, it's just, uh, it, it's just, it was, it, it's a it's a trait that's just you know hard to imagine anybody matching how how incredibly driven he was and uh, and and you know the and the and the slights that he that he never forgot too so uh, yeah, it's been great insight into that and as we're seeing there's there's lots of mentions of golf there's several times where he's shown playing golf um, or how much he wants to get out there and play golf you know he's he's uh, He's, he's a golf nut if there ever was one, that's for sure. So Brooks said he was one up going to the 17th tee. They'd been, you know, kind of smack talking all day. And uh, on the way back, um, you know, to tee it up, he Brooks said, I got you right where I want you. And Michael, <laughs> Michael replied, it's the fourth quarter, baby. I don't lose. And sure enough, Jordan won the 17th and 18th holes to win the match. Pretty amazing. Yep, pretty amazing. I don't know if he was getting strokes or what the deal was, but nonetheless, it's, uh, you know, he obviously had to do something pretty decent to, to be able to win those holes, you know. So, uh, uh, you know, that's that's Michael. It's him, isn't it? It's uh, pretty amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, we certainly are getting a bright spot thanks to ESPN with this uh, wonderful documentary and um, – Lots of uh, great 
great uh, replays of some of the wonderful Masters championships and um, you know, at least we've got something, a little bit of something to keep us entertained right now. Exactly. Yep. And hopefully we're back soon and, and have the real thing. Absolutely. Well, Bob, thanks. Thanks so much. As always, Bob Herrig from ESPN.com. Be well, my friend. You too. Thank you.